Information presented on this program and by its guests is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Discussions and answers to questions do not involve the rendering of personalized investment advice, but are limited to the dissemination of general information and may not be suitable for members of the listening audience. A professional advisor, attorney, or tax professional should be consulted before implementing any of the strategies presented. Are you retired or getting close? Welcome to Retirement Lifestyles with Patrick McNally, where it's all about having the health, wealth, and freedom you need to live your dream retirement. Are there challenges on the way? You bet. Inflation, the economy, and the ups and downs of today's markets will try to rob you of your dreams. But take heart and take notes, because what you're about to learn will put you on the winning side of life for the rest of your life. Now, here's the host of Retirement Lifestyles, Patrick McNally. Hello, everybody. Patrick McNally here, your favorite financial advisor. Hey, I want to welcome you to the Retirement Lifestyle Show. This is the show where it's all about having the health, wealth, and freedom to live your dream retirement. Now, if you're already retired, you're getting close, and you have been putting money away, you've been saving, you've been sacrificing into those retirement accounts like 401ks or IRAs, then this is the show designed for you because I'm here to talk about retirement income. So I'm here to talk about your money. That's what we're going to be talking about. But specifically, generating income from your investments in retirement, which in my opinion is the most important thing that you have to plan for. But along the way, I'm going to be teaching you about all six of the core areas of financial planning. Things like insurance, how to pick the right investments, getting ready for retirement, saving on taxes, how to leave a legacy through estate planning, those main points. And I'm going to rotate these topics each and every month. And over time, you'll learn how to build an amazing plan for your retirement. But again, the most important thing you'll learn is how to create an income stream that's safe, predictable, and can even increase every year no matter what the market does. That's what you want your income to do for you. And quite honestly, what better kind of income is there than tax-free income? So I want to teach you about tax freedom. Heck, I don't want you to worry about when all the rules get changed when it comes to the IRS, Uncle Sam, they're always changing tax laws, including required minimum distributions. And yeah, they bump the age a little bit later, but they can change it anytime they want. So here's the deal. Most people would agree that taxes really only have one way to go, and that is up. So I want you to learn how to control your future taxes. That's a key to the planning. Guys, I'm the owner of Retirement Lifestyles Advisors, which is an independent registered investment advisory firm, and we specialize in in retirement income strategies. And I've been doing this now for over 22 years. I've been helping people just like you plan for an amazing stress-free retirement. I've been talking about it here on the radio for over 12. But what I found is this. I have found that most people worry in retirement. They worry about income. They worry about healthcare, inflation, the market, higher taxes, recession, does any of that sound familiar? Are you worried about any of those things? If so, I want you to hear this. It is normal. You're not alone, guys. But I do want to say this. You can actually learn how to control those fears. Or you might be able to eliminate them altogether. And I think the best way to do it is with a plan. 
All right, I'm going to preview this show for you today. The topic of the month is estate planning. Last week, I went into wills and trusts and why you need one. But today on the show, I'm going to talk about probate, what it is, and more importantly, how to avoid it. Next, I'll head into the mailbag segment along with IRA FAQs. And then finally, I'm going to wrap up the show with some action items and things that you can implement right away. I also want to mention my website, patrickmcnally.com. In honor of estate planning this month, I want to give you a free copy of my Survivor's Guide, which is an organizational tool designed to help you get started on building your own estate plan. So visit patrickmcnally.com. Get your free copy today. While you're there, you can also grab a free copy of my book. All right, let's get this show going. It's time to go refill that coffee, grab your pen and notepad, and I'll be back in one minute. Don't touch that dial. Patrick will be right back. Hey guys, pardon the quick interruption. I'll get back to the show in just a minute. But I want to give you the opportunity to get a free copy of my book, Retirement Planning 101, A Simple Guide to Navigating Retirement. It's eight chapters packed with tips and strategies on how to prepare for an awesome retirement. I go through investments, estate planning, social security, and more. Simply visit patrickmcnally.com and request a copy. That website again is patrickmcnally.com. Throughout the book, I'm going to explain the importance of planning ahead and focusing on income strategies that are going to set you up for success and lead you to a retirement lifestyle of abundance. I'll also be teaching you about the Retirement Lifestyles Income Plan, my custom financial planning process and investment strategy with the objective of providing inflation-adjusted income for life. This book is packed with all kinds of strategies, and you can get your free copy right now at patrickmcnally.com. Welcome back to Retirement Lifestyles. Okay, guys, welcome back. If you're just joining me, welcome to Retirement Lifestyles. I'm your host, Patrick McNally, your favorite financial advisor. And I'm going to be launching in today talking about probate. The monthly topic is estate planning. And last week, we talked about wills and trusts and that kind of good stuff. If you missed that show, you can find it on the website. Visit patrickmcnally.com. Click on up in the right-hand corner. Click on Radio Show. You'll find it there. You can also, this is the live show um, that I that I air, but if you follow me as well, it's podcast. You can go to iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon, all the major um, podcast um, ways to find the show. Just just uh, search Retirement Lifestyles with Patrick McNally. You'll find me. So we are going to get in here, but before I do, a couple of announcements. First and foremost... Happy anniversary to my wife of 23 years. 23 years. She has put up with me for 23 years. And my anniversary is today, the 10th. So happy anniversary, Mag. I love you. And thank you for being so awesome and, again, putting up with me for all this time. So... Um, if you guys want to send me gifts, that's fine. You know, checks, uh, you know, gifts and surprise, all that kind of stuff, you know, feel free. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. 
but definitely want to acknowledge my awesome wife. All right, we're going to launch into the show. And because it is estate planning month, I have made available to you a copy of my survivor's guide for free on the website, patrickmcnally.com. It's about a 25-page document. It's an organizational tool. It is not a will. It is not a trust. I am not an attorney. Um, I need to probably just say that before every show this month. Uh, My disclaimer, you need to speak to an estate planning attorney to draft up wills and powers of attorney and trust and all that good stuff. I know enough to be dangerous. I'm the investment guy, and I work with the attorneys and all the people that can do that for you. So if you need a referral, let me know. Would love to point you in the right direction. However, I do have my survivor's guide, which is simply an organizational tool that I created to help your family members know where all of your important documents are located. So if you do have a will and a trust, um, maybe you've got it you know, in a drawer somewhere, well, your family needs to know where it's at. So this could be a good document to fill out, share it with your family, um, and that's just one item that you can put in there. So if you want a copy of that, go to patrickmcnally.com and get you one today. All right, probate court. You guys, I'm going to walk through this whole thing in this segment, but by the end of it, if you if this doesn't make you want to go out and create a trust, I don't know what will. So what do you expect during probate? Um, that's what I'm hoping you're going to learn exactly what to expect during the probate process which is simply a court-supervised process of settling a deceased person's estate. Now, obviously, losing a loved one is challenging enough for obviously a number of reasons, but it can be made even more difficult if you are responsible. You're the one responsible for having to navigate through the legal process that is associated with probating um, an estate. And the probate court basically is meant to oversee how somebody's will or their, I mean, you can call it an estate plan. If they don't have a trust, you die, you know, intestate, those kinds of things with, without a trust. It's going to be the court who decides where your stuff goes. And I always say, if you love somebody and you own something and you want to pass that on the way that you want to, you need a trust to do it. It's the best way. Um, but in cases where there is no will, um, no trust, the probate court's going to oversee um, the process to the very end. And by definition, probate is a legal term that refers to the process of validating a will or administering an estate after an individual passes away. And that definition basically includes the entire judicial process of taking inventory of all your stuff um, and then paying all debts, taxes, uh, distributing anything that's left over, that's what goes to the beneficiaries. All of your stuff is public, public record. Anybody, any company can, can find out. Um, if you owe them money, all of that stuff uh, when, when, when it goes through the probate process. Now, this is initiated, again, anytime that somebody passes away, usually after a family records the death with the court, and they want to know, did they have a will? Um, I mean, probate, it's going to be a relatively hands-off process after authenticating the document. But in the cases where the person didn't have a will, probate, uh, it, can, it just gets into the nitty-gritty and can, can really plays a much more active role in administering the estate, which is what you don't want. Um, you want to pass your stuff on in the most tax-efficient manner possible in the way that you want it to pass. 
the probate process, uh, it can be lengthy. It's complicated. And guys, especially in a time of grief, I mean, think about that. In one of the worst times of your life, a loved one just passed away. Now I got to go to court to figure out how, you know, I'm just going to use myself as an example. Um, if my if my dad didn't do hasn't done any estate planning, now I find myself in court saying, "Well, it was my dad. I know he wants to pass all this stuff to me, right? Well, maybe not. Maybe there's maybe he told a distant cousin or something about that, and that's what's going to end up happening. It's something you don't want to go through alone. You obviously want to consider getting some help, and you know." get some guidance on how to do this. So you want to definitely talk to an attorney. How long does probate take? That's a question that comes up a lot. Uh, Typically, probate takes at minimum a few months to complete, Uh, depending on how complex the estate is or the case is. It can last over a year. Um, I I used to do a whole bunch of seminars, public speaking seminars. I do them from time to time. But a long time ago, I've been doing this for 23 years, a long time ago, Um, I used to do a bunch of seminars, and I actually would bring in a copy of the probate case for John Wayne. And the Duke, I used to talk about, um, died without a will and died without a trust. Believe it or not, the Duke. I mean, Hollywood's cowboy. John Wayne himself. You would figure that that guy surrounded himself with a team of people that would handle all of that. No, he didn't. He died without a will, died without a trust. And I had a copy of his probate case, and it was about three inches thick. Everything from his social security number, bank account numbers, addresses, things he owned, business interests that he had, all of that is public record. And by the time the court was done with it, I think it took, I think it took 15 years to completely go through probate. And by the time all the attorneys were done, there was barely anything that actually got passed on to the kids, to the heirs. It's almost like after everybody, all the vultures come in and attack stuff, it's the crumbs that your family gets. And most people, that's not what they want to do. They don't want to just leave behind the crumbs. Um, But that's an extreme case, but it happens. You know, he was, you know, obviously a movie star and in a high what do you call it, like a high-profile individual, but it's not uncommon. I mean, we saw, we've seen similar things, and I should have had this right in front of me. Oh, now that I'm, I'm, I'm wishing I had these notes. Um, I used to have this big poster. I think I still got it. I used to have a, a couple of big posters that I hung in my office, and it was called uh, uh, Estate Planning Nightmares, and it listed a whole bunch of celebrities. I mean, Michael Jackson was on there, um, Thomas Kincaid, uh, a number of people uh, were were listed, and just kind of a quick snippet of some of the nightmare uh, of their of their estate planning cases. Um, Prince, I mean, I could keep, I could name a whole bunch. Um, Robin Williams, oh man. So anyway, there's all kinds of factors that go into this, but normally I would say for somebody who maybe had a home, maybe a few retirement accounts, a couple cars, kind of the the normal person, if you would. It probably takes up to six months for this process to go through the court. And it, you know, oftentimes just depends on how backed up the court is. So next question that often comes up is, when is probate required? 
Um, in a lot of cases, probate is required any time an individual dies. <laughs> I mean, that's the simplest answer to that. There's a few ex- exceptions that exist. Um, there are some states where laws are in place to protect smaller estates from a lengthy court proceeding. Um, I do have a note here, for example, in Nebraska, if an estate is valued under $50,000, um, it is it can avoid probate court altogether. Um, there are certain circumstances that can make probate become even longer or more involved, and there's some situations where the court could require, you know, when someone dies without a will, here's the deal. When someone dies without a will, the court's going to step in to appoint an executor. They're going to appoint somebody, not you, typically, um, to see who's going to distribute the assets. And the laws of that state are going to be used to obviously determine what happens to the assets. And that's when you lose control, is when the state steps in and says, well, there was no will created, you know, there was no trust created, so we can't, we don't know exactly how this stuff was supposed to pass, so we are going to appoint somebody instead of you to do the work and the due diligence and pass this out the way that they deem the best fit. Um, if a will, if, if there is a will, but then it's deemed to be invalid, the probate court's going to step in and validate somebody's will at that point. They're going to appoint somebody. Um, the court's going to obviously get more involved. And that can happen if the will's not notarized, um, you know, or there's no witnesses signing of that will. So don't just think that you can bust out a yellow pad of paper and be like, this is my last will and testament of Patrick McNally, and I leave my golf clubs to so-and-so. No, you actually got to have a document that gets notarized, it gets witnessed by other people, and that's what makes it valid. Additional legal oversight might often be needed. Sometimes individuals forget to update their wills, and as a consequence, sometimes um, certain assets that should have been added, uh, or even people that should have been added or deleted, um, get missed or left out. So the court has to step in and, and determine, you know, how how to proceed with that. Um, the next uh, thing that often happens is beneficiaries predecease the decedent. So you listed beneficiaries. You know, we never want to you know think about a child predeceasing us, but it happens all the time. You listed your kids, and one of them passed away before you did. Um, you know, they got to find out how, you know, figure out how your that third was supposed to be passed on. Um, if, if the beneficiary or the heirs named an estate plan, they, again, they pass away before the decedent, the court's going to decide how to proceed with that. Next question that comes up often is what types of cases are heard in probate court? Um, probate courts deal primarily with the administration of estates. Um, and those related type of responsibilities and, and duties. Um, the probate court deals, their job is to ensure the validity of a will and then to oversee the management of those assets and settle any disputes that might arise. Um, in situations where the individual, again, dies without a will, probate's going to enforce the law of that state. And the laws differ from state to state. Um, if there has to be, you know, if there's owned property or multiple properties, the court's going to step in and they're going to oversee the sale of that property. And again, that just that that pulls away the control out of the hands of the heirs. Um, maybe the whole idea with the home was to pass on to the children and the kids were like, hey, you know, one of these days when we inherit the house, 
we're going to turn it into an Airbnb, whatever. Whatever whatever the, the plans were for the home might go right out the door because it ends up in probate court and there's maybe some debts to be paid or, or things that needed to happen. And the court's like, listen, there's not enough liquid assets to pay this down. We got to sell the house. And the court can do that. So the other thing too is these legal proceedings for a lot of people can often be intimidating. Um, just the thought of going to court, you know, you didn't do anything wrong, but just the thought of needing to go to court, sit before a judge, sit, sit in hearings, you know, you hear all these legal verbiage, all this, the legal legalese and stuff on TV, but when it actually happens to you, oh man, you talk about like the anxiety welling up. It can be nerve wracking. Um, so you just don't want to end up in this kind of situation, guys. Um, there's preparation that you can do ahead of time and what to expect. But in fact, let me just kind of list a few, a few steps. So, so step one is what's called opening probate. And this is when the executor, the first step is for an executor or, or a relative to file a petition with the court to initiate the probate process. They're going to find out about it anyway. People try to get around it, but when a death claim is filed with the court, they're, they're going to open a process and find out if there was actually a will and a trust involved. And if not, they're going to reach out and then you got to file all the documents. Um, the executor should include any estate planning documents, if there is any, like a will or any beneficiary designations, any kind of documents that would have listed out um, the plans of the decedent, that's going to help guide that process. Number two, then, is the court authenticates if there is a last will and testament. And they're going to be looking for that. And they're going to, you know, they want to review that document, ensure it was created uh, in compliance with the state. Were there witnesses? Um, was there specific language that needed to be used in the form of the document? And then once, if it's proven valid, the court's going to officially appoint the executor named within that document. Now, if there's no will, again, that's when the court nominates you know, using their state laws. Hopefully it's a next of kin that they nominate. Maybe it's you. Um, but again, it's up to the court. Step three, they're going to be sending out notices. And this is where it gets a little freaky because again, this is public info. And the first responsibility of the executor is going to be to send out um, notices to notify any interested parties that they may be due some money, and that can be beneficiaries or heirs named. Um, they need to notify close family members, relatives, and at that point, the executor is going to be responsible for notifying any creditors or parties with any kind of a financial interest in the estate. Um, for example, the mortgage lender, uh, utility companies that they got behind, things like that all need to be settled um, in the estate. So the executor, whoever that's named, if that's you, you have to now reach out to all of these people to take care of that. And then the next step, step four, is taking inventory. And this is a crucial step in the process, um, taking inventory of what's actually in the estate, the value of those items. And, and it's obviously done by using appraisers. Um, they appraise the home. They appraise any assets within the home. Uh, easy stuff's going to be like checking and bank account balances and investment account balances, things like that. Um, but there's all kinds of stuff like jewelry, maybe that has to be inventoried and appraised for value. And you got to bring that back to the court. And the purpose is obviously to, to confirm the existence of those assets 
and help with any distribution of those assets to the family. Um, and then again, then step five, hopefully, uh, after it's all said and done, distributing the assets. When you distribute those assets, it can be a time-consuming process when you go through probate, but hopefully, you know, you start to close accounts, settling debts on behalf of the estate, filing any necessary medical or life insurance claims, things like that, um, has to be done, and then that's when you can distribute the assets to the to the heirs or to your brothers and sisters and all the people who are remaining um, that were were named. So then step six is finally closing the estate. Like I mentioned before, it took like 15 years for John Wayne's case to finally close. Um, so after all debts have been paid, uh, bank accounts are closed, assets dis- distributed to the estate, to the heirs, all of that is done. The executor will then file a petition with the court to officially dissolve the estate, if you will. And then once that's approved, the closure of the estate becomes public record. And um, But everything that was in it, again, I, I downloaded a copy of it. It's like three inches thick of John Wayne's estate. Everything that was in it, who, you know, where all the stuff went becomes public record. So, um, guys, at the end of the day, this boils down to remove that stress from your heirs. If, um, you know, if your parents are still living and they haven't done this, talk to them about this. Remove that stress of avoid, avoid probate with the help of a trust. It is worth the money to get it done. It's going to be a couple of thousand bucks, depending on how complicated your stuff is. But at the end of the day, you don't want to go through that process. <laughs> I started this conversation off saying, uh, hopefully everything I talk about on here is enough to get you to finally stop procrastinating if you've been. It's very natural for us to do that because it's not fun to talk about this stuff, um, about dying, but it's very important. And think about the people you're going to leave behind. And again, if you love somebody and you own something, you want it to pass on in the most tax-efficient and easy way possible. And if you have questions, I want you to visit patrickmcnally.com. Schedule a call with me. I'd be glad to get you in touch with the people we use and get you the tools that you need. When I come back... I'm going to take a quick break, but when I come back, I'm hitting frequently asked questions for IRAs and my mailbag. You're not going to want to miss it. I'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to Retirement Lifestyles with Patrick McNally. You've heard me say it's all about having the health, wealth, and freedoms you need to live your dream retirement. When it comes to the health side, I want to tell you about my family's personal chiropractor, Dr. Todd Royce, owner of Chiropractic First. Not only does he adjust us and get us back to our active lives, he teaches us about ongoing nutrition and living healthier. If you have any pain or stiffness in your back or neck, I want you to call Chiropractic First today at 243-0889. Mention Patrick for a free consultation. You don't need to live with pain or discomfort anymore. Call Dr. Todd at 243-0889 or visit online at CairoFirst.net. Did you know that when I'm not here doing the show, I run Retirement Lifestyles Advisors, an independent registered investment advisory firm specializing in retirement income planning and managing investments for people who are currently retired or are getting close. I've been in financial services for over 22 years now and hosted this show for over 10. With a little bit of good planning, you can have peace of mind and a great retirement, and I'd love to help. If you would like to get more information or to learn about how you can work with us, visit PatrickMcNally.com. That's Patrick. McNally.com. Are you worried about the current U.S. economy, inflation, the pandemic? Then it's time to schedule a free retirement checkup call with Patrick. 
The world is changing every day, and your life savings is too important to be at risk. If you want to feel confident and secure in retirement, then simply visit TalkToPatrick.com and reserve a free checkup call on his calendar. Remember the website, TalkToPatrick.com. Don't wait. This is too important. TalkToPatrick.com. The number one cause of bankruptcy in retirement is healthcare-related costs. So fitness needs to be a part of your financial planning. Check out my gym, Strong City Strength and Conditioning, right down on Victor Avenue. They have a new group class called Longevity on Tuesdays and Thursdays, designed for people age 55 and better. If you want to have fun and get fit, then visit StrongCitySTRENGTHANDCONDITIONING.COM. That's StrongCitySTRENGTHANDCONDITIONING.COM. Mention the show and get your first week for free. Welcome back to Retirement Lifestyles. Okay, kids, welcome back to the show. Um, If you're just joining me, this is Retirement Lifestyles. I am your host, Patrick McNally, your favorite financial advisor and owner of Retirement Lifestyles Advisors up in the north state of California. Um, If you want to check us out, I'd highly recommend visiting patrickmcnally.com. And a couple of things on there, uh, actually all kinds of great stuff on there. Just going to brag a little bit. If you go there, you can find our last few shows. Click on the the radio tab up in the right-hand corner. If you like to listen to podcasts, you can subscribe on iTunes, uh, Pandora, Spotify, all the major podcast um, areas there to to listen to the show. If you want a copy of my Survivor's Guide, uh, maybe you didn't hear me talk about it in that first segment. All month long, we're talking about estate planning, and I've created this thing a long, long time ago. Um, been doing this job for 23 years and created this document a while back and it's an organizational tool it's about 25 pages I think in length and it just basically lists out where all your important documents are located Um, important information about you that the family needs to know one of these days it is not a trust it is not a will don't don't mistake it for that it's not a replacement for any of those things Um, I am not an estate planning attorney and um, you need to talk to someone, you know, if you want to do a trust and will, definitely that uh, is an attorney. But if you want just a nice organizational tool where you that you can share with your kids, you can download it for free. It's going to be up on there all month. So if you missed the first part of the, uh, of the show, I talked about probate. And basically, I'll sum it up like this. Don't do it. Create a will, create a trust, and make sure that you avoid probate at all costs. Just not fun. You don't want to do it. So avoid probate at all costs and um, you'll be your family will be happier for it. Okay, I'm going to segue into my mailbag segment and IRA frequently asked questions. And I got a couple questions today that I want to walk through. And this first one um, came through and it says, my dad, who is 84, lives in another town. He does pretty good but sometimes needs help with his iPhone. I could have very easily, I'm segue here for a second, could have very easily substituted my dad in here, who's 80, lives in another town, and is always asking me questions about running into stuff with his iPhone. And um, anyway, so this one, this one hit close to home, guys. Okay, um, does pretty good, but sometimes needs help with his iPhone. Help that I can't give him over the phone. 
Does anyone know of resources that help seniors navigate technology? Uh, thanks in advance. So there were a couple of comments on here that I wanted to walk through. But this is so, like I just mentioned before, so common that I've dealt with it in my family. My sister and I both have helped my dad deal with iPhone issues and other technology issues for that matter. And I just think it's very, very common. And quite honestly, I, I ask my kids for help now when it comes to a lot of technology stuff. Technology is advancing so quickly. And if you don't stay up with it, you can, you can get left behind pretty quickly. And I think a lot of retirees that are probably in their late 70s, uh, 80s, that was a time period, that age, you know, you kind of think back to when all the computers and all this stuff started to really happen. Um, there was a big transition period there where a lot of people did were like, nah, I don't need that for my business. Nah, I don't need to use a computer for that. And then all of a sudden, fast forward 30 years, um, and we literally carry around in our pocket a computer, a phone, a TV. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of power in this little bitty thing. And these phones do way more than even, I mean, I'm pretty technologically savvy, but these phones do way more than even I could comprehend at this point. So I would say this, don't ever feel bad about asking for help, but where are some areas they're asking, where are some areas that, you know, especially if you, if you have a loved one that lives out of town, where could they maybe go locally to get help? And one comment was, we go to our local phone providers, and they are great. Um, I think that can be okay. If you've got problems, like, with your phone, that's one thing. But if you, like, need help with logging into a website or you forgot a password or something like that, don't go to your phone provider. They're not going to help you. They may make it worse, to be quite honest. They can probably help you with just basic info, but stuff about the phone itself or the plan that you're on, I I would say personally that's the only time I would go to my local phone provider. Um, so there, I, you know, that's that's what I would say. I found this out that AARP has a program called OATS. O-A-T-S stands for Older Adults Technology Service and can be very, very helpful. I looked them up and they actually do classes. They do online workshops, things like that. Um, I think they do have some a few local live workshops. So depending on where you live, there may be an opportunity to to attend a class in person. So definitely something to check out. Visit AARP um, and the Oats class. Could be a could be a cool thing to check out. But it's all technology based. It's all information and tutorials and things that you could, you know, learn how to. I think everything when I was looking at it, everything from using a personal computer to to using your phone. So it could be really cool. Um, Here's a comment. At 84, what does he need to access other than calling? Remove all extra apps off the home screen. Phone app, maybe text messages or email. That's it. I had to do this for my uncle who lives 600 miles away. I don't actually agree with that, to be honest. Um, taking control like that, 
to that degree. I think for a lot of people, and I just I know this about a lot of older seniors, that their phone actually is something that kind of keeps them their brain engaged, keeps them a little more active. Um, you know, they may need to just learn how to use some of the stuff, but there's games that you can put onto a phone. There's ways to communicate, again, through like, if they learn how to maybe basic text and things like that. I think that's a, I think that's great to have that stuff. I wouldn't take that stuff away, so I don't agree with that comment. Yeah, uh, you know, and I, and I, I kind of harken back to my, my own father, who, who maybe needs help from time to time, and sometimes doesn't quite know the difference between a text and an email, and it can get confusing what type of message he may have sent. But taking away different apps and things, yeah, not a big fan of that. I think there's some cool apps out there that can keep people engaged, um, keep them kind of plugged into society. I think a lot of people, unfortunately, get lonely. Um, you get to a certain age where sometimes you can get really lonely, and I, I you know... That's just my opinion, though. I think using this technology can be a way to keep them kind of plugged into what's going on. Uh, another comment, you may try the local community center. Our community center offers a time each week for volunteers to help others with computer and technology issues. That's a great, great recommendation. I know where I'm at. We've got a senior center, and I do believe that they, they do have uh, classes for free um, to do some basic technology stuff. And again, could just be a great way to get some hands-on help. To me, hands-on help is way better than, say, just watching something online uh, or watching a video of some kind. You know, I think there's just that you learn a lot better when you do it hands-on. So yeah, I would definitely look into some of the local um, community centers and things you can look at. And then one final comment here, which I think was great. I think they're called grandkids. Yeah, reach out and ask your grandkids. Um, they will show you things that you can do on an iPhone or a computer that maybe you probably never thought possible. I'm telling you, I ask my kids all the time, and they, you know, they roll their eyes at you. My kids are teenagers now. I got one graduating high school, uh, just just graduated high school, as a matter of fact. Um, I say gonna graduate. I've been saying that for months now, but she just did. Um, anyway. Um, yeah, ask the kids. They they will show you how to use that thing uh, in ways that you never thought possible. So, all right, I'm gonna get it. Go into another question here, and this one is financial related, talking about the government, talking about the U.S. debt. And I just thought it had it hit on some really good points that I've had thoughts about in my own life and and what's kind of going on in the economy. And I have talked about some of these things before. But um, so I thought I'd bring it up. And this question goes like this Curious on the following opinion. Given where the U.S. is with $31 trillion in debt, it seems highly likely that in five to 10 years, that means testing will be applied to Social Security payments and personal, incomes ta personal income taxes will be higher than they are today, perhaps significantly so. If this came to pass, it suggests doing Roth conversions sooner rather than later and building a larger nest egg than originally considered necessary. Thoughts? And that's a question mark. Um, 
Yeah, there's some big stuff in here. And with the debt that the way it is, my own personal feelings on this, I've been talking about this for years. I've been doing this show for 12, and I know I've been talking about it from since day one. The debt loads that the U.S. carries are simply unsustainable. And when you hear, you know, 31 trillion, you can look up the U.S. debt clock and get the most up-to-date numbers, but it's actually kind of depressing when you look at the debt clock. But you have to think, the only way that, that the government pays down debt or pays anything for that matter is through taxation. Guys, we pay this stuff off, not the government. The government doesn't make anything. They don't produce anything. They're takers and spenders of our money. And sometimes it feels like it's completely, not sometimes, it feels like, and it is, completely, totally out of our control. The only way we can control it to a degree is through voting. And But it, sometimes even that just feels like, I'll admit it, feels like a waste of time, to be honest, sometimes. It doesn't seem like it, even, it ever helps. And they keep spending, 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 and the only way to pay for the spending is through taxes. And if you look at the historical tax brackets, believe it or not, go look this up, guys. Don't take my word for it. But believe it or not, we're in some of the lowest tax brackets in history. And we got massive debt. So yeah, I think that you know taxes have only one way, and that is to go up. And how are they going to pay for it? Well, talking about Social Security, you've heard me mention that the government tells us that in 2034 that they have to cut Social Security benefits by as much as 20%. They can't afford it. They can't afford unfunded promises that we're paying for. And and so they're telling us that in, you know, 11 years that they're going to cut Social Security benefits across the board. I hope they don't do it. I hope they get it fixed. But I when, when we do planning, when we do planning for all of our clients, we bake that into the planning. We don't want there to be any surprises with your Social Security money. Because if they cut it by 20%, well, how are you going to make up the gap? It comes out of your savings. That's where it comes from. So they start messing with this. They start messing with taxes. So this makes a good point. Is it good to maybe do a Roth conversion? And a couple of things come out of a potentially doing a Roth conversion. And don't just run out and do a Roth conversion, guys. Here's my, here's my uh, disclaimer. Talk to your tax people. Talk to your advisors. And run the numbers before you do it. You may want to spread out conversions over a certain amount of time. Well, here's what could come out of doing that. Obviously, you pay taxes now at your current tax bracket. Um, I believe there are going to be more taxes in the future, different brackets. They change them all the time. But at least you do the conversion now. You know what your bracket is. You can plan for it. And then all that money going forward, all the growth, all the interest comes out tax-free later on. The other thing that a Roth conversion does is that it eliminates required minimum distributions later on in life, which are now 73. Um, They'll be going to 74 in a couple of years. Currently, they're at 73. You remember those. used to be 70 and a half. Joked about it for years, celebrating your half birthday. Well, those are required distributions. Whether you need the money or not, you have to take money out of your IRAs. When you convert it to a Roth, that's gone. You don't have to take money out at that point. They've already got their taxes. So it's one way to get rid of RMDs. So that's another way to control future taxation is that you you eliminate it, essentially. The government can't come in and tell you to take money out of your Roth IRA because you already paid the taxes. So that's important on a number of levels. The government can change 
how much you have to take out of your IRAs anytime they want. Yeah, they're changing the the required distribution age, but guess what? They can also change the amount you have to take out. Right now, if you go and look at the the distribution tables in IRS Publication 590, the Bible of IRA distributions, if you will, you'll notice that when you first turn required distribution age, there's a divisor that you use to calculate. Uh, 27.4 is the number that you divide that, and it tells you how much you have to take out. And rough numbers, if you got a half a million bucks in IRA, the first year you're going to have to take out about $18,000. And then that number changes every year after that. You have to take out more. Government's very strategic. They want you to take out more money. They want you to eventually deplete your IRA so they get their taxes. Because remember, you only own about 75% of that IRA. The government owns the other 25. He's your partner. That's how that account was set up. So if you can eliminate that now, it'll save you in the future because later on in the future, if they if those turkeys start doing new laws and messing with the RMD schedules, they can very easily go in there and say, hey, yeah, you don't have to, until you're 73, you can wait till you're 73, but we're going to raise how much you actually have to take out. Brutal. So I think Roth conversion is um, some good planning that could be in there. And again, I could go on that for days. I've done whole shows on Roth planning. But if you got questions about that, we'd love to talk to you. Just visit patrickmcnally.com, schedule a phone call with me. Love to do it. So I'll segue into, because again, it talks about RMDs, into my IRA FAQ. And this question says, I am due to take my first RMD in 2024, which would make my required beginning date April 1st, 2025, if I understand correctly. My intention is to empty my traditional IRA next year, convert it to an existing Roth. My question is, if my traditional IRA shows a zero balance by my required beginning date. Would that still require an RMD be taken for 2024? So trying to get out of the RMD is what this person is doing. Um, I'd like to know if I can convert the entire account or if I have to take an RMD and then convert the rest. I think the answer is I have to take the RMD, but I'm not 100% sure. So um, the answer is simple. Yeah, your thinking is correct. You have to take an RMD for 2024 before you convert to a Roth. Um, The current rules say that the first money out of your IRA in a year for which you must take an RMD is considered your RMD. And an RMD cannot be converted. And that's true even for the very first RMD year when a conversion is done before your beginning date. You got to take that required distribution. So um, don't have time to go into the next question, but that's fine. Um, In the couple of minutes I have left, I want to mention, you know, a lot of people have these questions about these accounts and their required distributions because believe it or not, I've got clients that, that actually are in higher tax brackets because of required distributions than when they were working. And that's simply because they have larger IRAs and they they are forced to take money out and that money goes right onto your tax return like ordinary income tax or ordinary income and it's taxed as ordinary income. So if you're concerned about the future taxation of these accounts, if you're concerned about the debt loads that we carry in this nation, how are they going to continue to to fund um, these unfunded promises, guys? 
I said it before, there's like 31 trillion, 31 trillion in debt. Well, guess what? There's, there's over $21 trillion sitting in untaxed retirement accounts. <laughs> I mean, where is the number one honeypot for the government to go to get tax revenue? Retirement accounts. That's where it's at. They, they can easily go in and change. I'm not saying they're going to do it. I'm not saying I've heard something through the grapevine that they're going to do it. But you know as well as I do that the government writes laws in pencil so they can very easily go back and erase them and write something different. And we've seen that time and time again. And, you know, the tax, the tax code is 4,000 pages thick. And right in the middle, it talks about IRAs. And they get changed stuff all the time. And you just don't, you want to be planning ahead of that. So if you got questions, visit patrickmcnally.com. While you're there, download your free copy of my survivor's guide. The entire month here talking about estate planning and all that good stuff. I have that up on the website for you as a free tool. When I come back, I'm going to be wrapping up the show. And I'm going to go through three action items that you can implement right away. So we'll be back in just a minute. Don't touch that dial. Patrick will be right back. Hey guys, Dr. Todd Royce from Chiropractic First in downtown Reading. It blows my mind how many people live in pain, but they don't have to. How many people put up with headaches and back pain and can't play golf or pick up their kids or grandkids? We often have permanent solutions to pain where people didn't think it was even possible. Come check us out at our downtown Reading office or call our office at 243-0889 or visit us on the web at chirofirstreading.com. Welcome back to Retirement Lifestyles. Okay, guys, we made it to the last segment of the show. This is kind of my wrap-up segment, action items. Um, I like to call it because at the end of a, a show, I want to give you at least two or three things from the show that you can implement right away and kind of summarize them really quickly. Now, if you're just joining me and you missed the first couple of segments there, well, let me give you kind of a recap. Uh, this month is all about estate planning, and today in the first part of the show, I talked about the probate process, what happens if uh, you pass away without a trust, uh, without a will, and you go through the whole probate process. I wouldn't say you because you passed away. I'm going to say what happens when your family goes through that process. I guess I could say you if you have a family member, like a, if you've got parents still living or one parent still living, and they haven't done any estate planning. You definitely probably want to listen to that segment and and start a conversation with them about you know planning ahead for that. And I kind of jumped into my very first action item without even thinking about it because I started summarizing. But I want to have a few mentions before I get into the action items because that's when I usually run out of time at the end of the show. A couple of mentions here. If you have questions for me uh, or you would like to talk about your current situation with investments, with the financial side of things, I would love to talk to you. The call is free. It's a 30-minute phone call. You can reserve it. And the easiest way to do that is visit patrickmcnally.com. And on the, on the page there, there's a little blue button that says schedule a call with Patrick. Or if you want to just go right to the source, visit talktopatrick.com. You will find my online calendar 
and just pick a day and a time that works for you. And I would love to have a conversation with you and answer any questions that you have. Now, uh, if you do want a copy, uh, maybe you hadn't heard, if you want a copy of my Survivor's Guide, about a 25-page document, I will give you a free copy at patrickmcnally.com. It is not a will. It is not a trust. It is not a substitute for those things. But it is a great organizational tool to benefit your family by understanding where all of your important documents are located, things like that. It may not seem like a big deal, guys, but you know, you pass away and it's like, where did they keep their trust? Where did they keep their insurance policies? Where did they keep their important documents? I don't know what, what utility company they use that I need to call. All these things, they start to add up. When you sit down and kind of take a little bit of time and think about your life and where all of your business is, you pass away, your loved ones need to deal with that. And so it could be a great tool to help with that. Go to patrickmcnally.com, get your free copy. Number one action items, don't put your family through probate. I kind of started walking down that track and I kind of joked at the beginning of that segment and said, if I get through this and you just don't understand that you you don't want to put them through probate, then I, I can't help you. But I would say it's time, take the time, create a will, create a trust, talk to an estate planning attorney. Uh, if you want to learn more about you know, some online uh, alternatives to, to maybe going to see an attorney, um, there's information on the site as well for that. But you need to do some estate planning, guys. It's time to stop putting it off. No matter how old you are, this isn't just for retirees. This is for younger people as well. You know, doing estate planning in case you become incapacitated, things like that. It needs to be done. It's not the funnest thing to think about or talk about, but it has to be done. Number two, have some extra patience with older seniors who are using technology. And I'm saying this to you just as much as I'm saying it to myself. Because I do, you know, have to help my father from time to time when it comes to his iPhone getting, you know, things getting stuck for whatever reason he can't get his emails or, you know, it's technology. There's, you know, glitches happen. And, and so finding some different ways, like maybe the local community center, senior center, AARP is an excellent resource for learning how to deal with technology, online classes, things like that um, are a great way to do that. And then number three, consider Roth conversions to protect against future taxation. Roth conversions are one of the favorite things I love to do for our clients, especially if they don't need to touch their money for a while. Um, it is a great way to pay the taxes today so that you don't have to in the future. It's also a great way to get rid of required minimum distributions, which is forced taxation later on in life at whatever tax bracket you're in, and it may be higher than when you worked. If you got questions about that, again, guys, go to patrickmcnally.com, schedule a phone call with me. I would love to help you any way that I can. Next week, I'm talking about powers of attorney. Who makes those decisions when you can't? So tune in. Thanks for listening, and I wish you the best in retirement. Have you seen her? So-